All right, welcome to the Information Podcast. I'm Tim Nostrand. And I'm Brian Reynolds. And today we are talking with Jesse Zhang of Camelot, which is betting for nerds. Yeah, we're building a mobile app for esports betting. There you go. And we have lots to talk about today. We're going to be talking about the esports industry, the gambling industry, and what it's like to start a startup fresh out of college. Okay, so let's just jump right into it. So let's get talking about the esports industry. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a really hot topic right now. Um, a lot of investors are, are really bullish on it. A lot of people really care about it because it's exciting, whether you know you play games yourself or you you just enjoy watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean the the stats are undeniable. Like everyone can cite the the viewership. So the viewership's like you know three hundred million plus viewers worldwide already this year. It's projected right. to grow really fast. Eclipse the NFL here in the U.S. Um, yeah, like you guys said, over $700 million in funding in just the two first two quarters of this year. Wow. But, I mean, the real question is, if you're building a business, is like, you know, everyone can see that the the trends are really, really promising, but what kind of business can be built in this space um, that can actually provide a lot of value on top of the game makers themselves? Because so far, the, the huge businesses are, are only the, the game makers like Riot, uh, which makes League of Legends. Sure. Um, so yeah, that that's the most interesting aspect here. So Twitch played an important role in the rise of the esports industry. Yeah, so uh, Twitch was basically there from the start. I think esports is is really interesting. Um, I guess you guys mentioned this earlier because back in the day, like I don't even when I was in high school, so like you know five six years ago. Sure. Um, people were started to play these games. First, it was League of Legends. Yeah. And there was a stigma around it. It's just like video games, right? Like, yeah, it's like a, it's a nerdy thing. Uh, oftentimes it's seen as like, you know, you're wasting your time. Why aren't you like doing actual things? Right. And I mean th- that I was definitely like part of that stigma back then. But I think what's happened since then is that, um, things a lot more mainstream, especially with Fortnite now, like, uh, in, in the U S mm-hmm. um, it, it's a lot more mainstream. It's a lot more like cool and esports. It was kind of like the ter- turning point for that because when you have esports where like you know there are professional players playing, it's it's now seen not as as much of a, like a informal game, but rather like okay, this is like a professional thing, and there, there's so much skill involved. Like there are people who are so good at this, they practice all the time, and you can tell that like uh, you know you know they can beat other people, and then you have the interesting storylines that come with all sports where you have like the championships, you know these this drama of like people switching teams, like teams beating other teams. Um, and like, you know, world records, things like that. So I think that's that's what kind of triggered this sort of gradual change of, of the stigma, which also increased the fan base by a lot. And, and you mentioned Twitch, was, which was, I think, that whole sort of trend of um, like spectating was a huge factor in, in turning the, the tide because... Before that, you, you mentioned like um, some of the video games before that, like World of Warcraft, even like right. huge video games, but they never really grew into esports or like huge international phenomena, so to speak, because uh, it, it wasn't like with League of Legends where they made it. You, you can watch it; and it's actually really fun to watch. Like you right. don't even have to play the game yourself. You're like you're watching these people play, and it's just like it's a sport. You 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 see the game develop, and there's like a lot of strategy. Back in college, you know. When we were there, the esports industry didn't exist at all. 
right. you know, watching people play video games was essentially we had a roommate who held a, a couple of records and some old games, and we would watch him try to beat Ocarina of Time with just the small sword. Nice. I think, yeah, like I, like I said, the, the transition between just, like, a game and just playing for fun yes. into, like, this whole scene of, you know, tons of fans spectating it was pretty huge because yes. you mentioned, like, you know, college students, <laughs> as you graduate and, you know, get older, you're not going to have that much time always to, you know, be able to play so much. But, um, like, watching it is, is, is always accessible. It's just like watching sports. You just, yeah. like, you pull it up. Uh, it doesn't take as much time, and you still get to be be a part of it, and it's still extremely exciting. Absolutely. I think that the uh, uncles of the future will be at the uh, dinner table in Thanksgiving reminiscing about their glory days of playing Dota and League of Legends. Right. So are you yourself a gamer? Yeah, so um, I think in high school, like I said, I wasn't that much involved in it, but like as, as things evolved, I think what I really, really felt passionate with was like, just the almost the competitive scene like I, I really want really enjoy watching competitive games like um, even like professional poker uh, sports I mentioned and then I got into esports actually by watching first so mm. I, I have a lot of friends who are really in esports and you know I, I started watching and just like with any sports you, you have the same storylines like I, like I said like it, it's cool to follow players and their stories as they involve um, like one of my favorite players double lift from League of Legends like one, he has a really funny personality, but it's cool to follow these stories where, like, you know, he, he left a team, joined another team, and then, like, he had to play his old team and things like that. Like, you, you get in any other sport, and that, that's what makes it exciting. Mm. And there's this huge competitive nature when you get, you know, into the final rounds and, like, you're competing for a championship. It, the stakes are high as well. You can see how the players handle pressure. Like, you know, that, that's what makes a sport really exciting and what makes it attractive <laughs> to fans. Um, so that's how I really got into it, and you know, it, it's it's extremely interesting to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, after that, you know, I, I played a bit, a bit, uh, well, uh, I played a bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's just it's a really exciting time for esports right now. Amazing. So here yeah. you graduate, and then like a graduation present, mm-hmm. the government legalizes sports betting. And <laughs> you go out and start your esports betting company, right? That, yeah, that, that's that's pretty much it. So we, our team, uh, we had three people. We were all roommates at school. Mm. Uh, also did computer science. And yeah, so we we kind of finished up the school year. Uh, we did the program Y Combinator uh, over in the Bay Area. And then, yeah, we we kind of piggybacked over this, this sort of trend that we're, we're seeing. And we, we definitely think there's there's a huge space here. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of interesting things can be built. And yeah, the question is just like how we can execute on that. Personally, I love Vegas. Mm-hmm. I love the casinos. Yeah. The rush of putting real money on the line and betting real money is just such an exciting feeling. Right. You know, my favorite game is roulette. Mm-hmm. And when I play roulette, I don't do outside bets. I'm putting all my chips on one thing. It's like exactly what you're saying with startups. You know, you need to focus on one thing because you're looking for an outcome that's exciting. You know, if you're placing outside bets, all the bets have exactly the same odds. They're not good. Mm -hmm. And so if you're placing outside bets, you're just slowly losing money. Whereas if you're placing big inside bets, 
it's an exciting game and the outcome could be materially different from the what you put into it. And so I think that's a really important corollary to when people think about startups. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think so the idea of variance is just very like intrinsically intellectually interesting um, or even not even intellectually. It's just it's just very intrinsically interesting to a lot of people. Uh, what I mean by variance is like, you know, there you have a lot of different outcomes. There's some element of chance to it. Uh, yeah, you mentioned startups. Obviously, like startups, you know, you, there's a lot of things you can't control. No one can tell what the next big startup is going to be. But I think when you talk about betting or like at, at, it, at its purest form, there's there's nothing like, you know, intrinsically evil about it or um, bad about it, even mm. though like obviously when, when people talk about gambling, you, you can kind of get into the hardcore gambling and there's, there's a lot of reasons why that's bad, but just betting on things, uh, prediction markets, things like that, it, it's very intellectually interesting. And it's, it's really cool to think about because there's an element of something you don't know to it. And you're kind of like figuring it out and you can kind of see what, what the world world thinks about, you know, what is going to happen. So yeah, like you said, with, with betting, a lot of the value comes from entertainment. Um, and the, the mm. reason why these big betting companies are, are so lucrative and is because they're making money. And the reason they're making money is because they're providing value. And that value generally comes in the, in the form of entertainment. Um, so people, people have fun because there's, there's some variance involved. And mm. when they win, it's like a, it's a rush of excitement. Um, so yeah, at, at its purest form, that's what betting is. Um, intellectually speaking, there's, there's reasons why like prediction markets themselves are, are very interesting. Like, I mean, a classic example you mentioned with politics yeah, is that the goal of a prediction market is you're, you're giving some sort of monetary reward to people who, who choose the right outcome. Right. Mm. And when you have that, then you have everyone in the world, you know, theoretically kind of just trying to figure out the, the right outcome of something. And in the end, you kind of get like humanity's best guess at the probability of something happening. I mean, th there's, a, there's a lot of deeper things we can get into, um, but even in, even in the politics example, like there, there are direct practical applications. For example, if I'm a small business owner and there's this election coming up and one of the results will severely hurt my business sure. and the other result will help me, then not only is it helpful for me to know the, the general chances, but right. then I can use the prediction market to kind of hedge my, my downside. Like I can uh -huh. bet on the, the person that's bad for me. So even... If like, you know, they get elected and my business is screwed, like, you know, I, my, I still make some money. So it's, it's not so bad. Uh, for politics, I, I mentioned the practical reasons. For sports, it's largely entertainment. Okay. And then entertainment goes beyond just the excitement of, of winning the bet. But, you know, if I'm watching the games anyways, and, uh, you know, I'm watching streams of, you know, esports teams playing, then sort of this betting system serves as an extra layer on top of that that really enhances the experience. Yeah. And we're huge believers in this kind of next trend of moving from this passive type of entertainment to almost the active type of entertainment mm. when, you know, you're watching the games, but because you have this app and, you know, it's very easy to use. It's not like you have to think about it or anything. It's just you, you can bet on um, your favorites or you bet on what you think is happening in the game because you're watching it anyways. And now you've added like a little bit of stakes onto it and it, it's, it's much, much more fun. And the, the thing about our app, which is, you know, hasn't been true of betting or gambling in the past, is kind of a, a social element that we've added. So we've noticed that, you know, in 
in our friend groups, you know, we, we, we enjoy betting just, you know, we're relatively nerdy people, quantitative people. Um, betting, betting is just really fun, but none of the old school betting sites uh, or casino sites online ha- have ever really appealed to us because yeah, like we mentioned before, they kind of had this negative or intimidating connotation almost. Mm. But for us, betting is, is fun that we do it for entertainment. And a lot of it comes from the social aspect. So the way we built this app is, you know, we want you to use it as kind of like a almost conjunction with your already like fan experience. You already watch the games, you already watch the streams. You can pull out this 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 app and you can bet against friends on it. You can bet against just you know the market on it. And it not only does it make it more engaging, it, it adds some stakes. So you're like it's just more exciting. You have a little bit more of a rush, but also you feel more connected with. You know, what else is going on? Like you can see what all the other people who are watching think is think about the game. Like, okay, this play just happened. Like, whoa, now there's a huge shift in the sentiment of like who's going to win the game, you know? Mm-hmm. So things like that's really interesting. Yeah. So we're like I said, we're huge believers in this sort of active type of engagement or entertainment. And we think that's going to be a, a big thing going forward. Not not just in sports betting or esports, but yeah, we, we think that's that's a very interesting idea. Absolutely. That sounds really exciting. When I think of gambling, I really do think of the baby boomers. I right. think of like a gruff old man at the horse track, exactly. yeah. you know, betting his last paycheck. Uh, and you're sort of rebranding gambling for millennials. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think for us, like gambling never really had a, a negative connotation. Like it was just, you know, betting. Um, I used to work in quantitative trading. It's just like, it's very similar con- concepts. Um, like, you know, the culture there is like, no one has a problem with betting. Oh. And yeah, it's it's basically just like, it, it, the reason that there are some connotations around it are exactly what you said. Like there are some cases where it can be pretty bad. And not just like people losing their money, but you know, there's there's fraud and like things like that. But if you have a good system and like a virtuous system built around it, um, which is kind of why like you know people want to regulate it, then then you kind of are able to shut out all these all these other cases where you know people are people are losing all their life savings or like some sort of criminal organization is like using it to launder money or something. Absolutely. Well, speaking about you know security. Um, are you on the blockchain? Um, so yeah, blockchain is, is something we're, we're thinking about. It's, it's something that, you know, you definitely have to get a lot of thought into because it's such a powerful technology. Yeah. Um, with prediction markets in general, there, there are some products that have come out that have tried to be built on the blockchain. Uh, one of them is called Augur. Um, I don't know if you guys heard of it, but yeah, it's, it's the same idea. It's, it's built on the blockchain and, and the main benefit there, as with a lot of blockchain products is kind of the decentralizedness or like it's much harder to regulate or shut down or, you know, have, have any governmental entity interfere with it. And yeah, I mean, there, there's some value in that, like, especially with the, the regulatory scene right now. Um, the other sort of example would be not building the actual market on the blockchain, but just betting with cryptocurrency, Mm. for example. Um, so yeah, these are all possibilities, uh, very interesting possibilities because, of the like the speed that you can grow with it. Uh, for us, you know, we at this stage, we we are you know still in the early stages. So, like all this regular regulation stuff, everything we're 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 doing it by the book. You know, we we're making sure that like 
you know, what we're, what we're building can be a long-term uh, company. Um, and the other thing with that is that, so the, the way we've built our product, like I mentioned earlier, is that we're incorporating a lot of, a lot of the social elements, like I said, but also the, the goal of the app is to appeal to like a casual fan. Uh, so I mentioned that, you know, gambling in the past has traditionally been a lot of just hardcore users. Yeah. And it, it's it's very inaccessible to just someone who's doing it the first time or like a young person, uh, like, you know, us college students. Um, so we're building something almost akin to a, a Robinhood product for, for sports betting mm. where, you know, it, it's, a, it's a mobile app. Everything's very simple. You don't have to go and do a bunch of research of what all the odds mean and like what these numbers like added together tell you. Like we can present the all the knowledge in a very intuitive format, and it's it's very easy. There's there's almost no barriers. You can come in and make bets easily. Blockchain is gonna bring us into a, a completely different internet, uh, 3.0. Um, I think it's gonna solve a lot of problems in the pharmaceutical industry. It's gonna bring a lot of good. Right. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um, it's a uh, it's, it's it's a really cool technology. I've I have several friends who are really really into it, so I've I've learned a lot from yeah. that. But it's good. Yeah, exciting. Is gambling rational? gambling rational um yeah I, I think you i guess the, the question is a little bit vague right but like there, there's a couple ways you can think about it i think if you break it down to the the most pure sense then like i said earlier it's it's a very just intellectually interesting thing um, you're basically taking taking something that no one can know for certain and basically applying like everything you can everything available in like human intellectual knowledge to, to figure out something because you have the monetary incentives to do so. Um, and yeah, I think in with sports betting in particular, there's there's a lot of lot of very cool parallels to the stock market. Um, like with with what, what you asked about it, it being rational, like I mean some some people can point to like, okay, it, it's it's so unreasonable that these companies make this much money. Um, but the reason they're making money is because they're providing some sort of value, right? Like, um, you know, it, it's exactly the same as as companies who trade on the on the stock market. Mm. Uh, so, like a, a sports book, when you when you go place the bet, you're betting against the, a sports book. They're called, and sports books are essentially market makers for for sports betting, um, as market makers do for for stocks. Um, so what that means is like. If I'm a normal person and I go and buy a stock of Apple, um, you know, you basically you you put in the buy order and like, you know, to put it in a more simple sort of form, this isn't exactly what happens, but that order goes and someone, some big firm uh, like Citadel or something who is making markets uh, takes it and you trade against them. And so basically they're selling to you and they have lots of money. So they're always willing to be able to buy and sell things. Um, but they they buy at a at a number that's a little bit lower than what they sell for, and you know like a lot of people say you know for some reason like this is really stupid like how can you make so much money just like you know you're not making a contribution to the society but mm. you know companies like that like the the value they're providing is this sort of liquidity like they're making it very convenient for people to 
buy and sell things like whenever they want. And same thing with sports books. Like, you know, they're sitting there, they have a lot of money, but they're basically making it making these bets available to people. And, you know, if if I'm a normal person, I want to bet on like the Warriors versus the Rockets, like, you know, I can do that because these companies are, you know, taking on risk um, by, you know, just taking on my bet instantaneously and they get compensated because, you know, there's a little bit of a, a spread built into the odds. So, I mean, I think the more you get into it, there's, I think things do make sense. Like it, it is a very rational business. Um, and it, it's very intellectually just like interesting, like I was saying before. Um, but yeah, I think in the, in the coming years when, if betting becomes more mainstream, like it has to be executed correctly so that, you know, it's done in a safe way and people don't point to like a lot of irrational things that, that can result from it. Um, but yeah, I think at its core, it's, it's a very pure, um, idea. A lot of people would point to gambling and say it's irrational because the expected value is negative if you place a bet. Right. Uh, generally, you know, if you're placing it with any book or whatever, your expected value would be negative. But I think what they're failing to consider is that expected value computations, and you're from finance, so you understand, they only make sense in a context where you're able to place unlimited bets. You're allowed to try again and again. But the variance of the outcomes that you actually see here are such that, you know, uh, people don't point to insurance and say insurance is irrational. But it's exactly the same outcome trajectory. It's just in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. The reason you buy insurance is so that you avoid this very unlikely event that would categorically change your life. Participating in something like a lottery, while it may have a negative expected value, can be rational because you know the outcome on the other side if you win you you would have a category different life a categorically different life but if you lose the amount of money that you paid for that is not meaningful yeah no you're exactly right you know a lot of people are okay with this like a lot of people know that there's expected value and they still go bet um like when you go to casinos in las vegas like you, like you were saying before like everyone knows that you, you don't make money over the long term by going to a casino. Um, and you know, a lot of smart people go to casinos. Like it's not that they don't know it's, it's because that like it's worth it to them. Like you're paying kind of this, this loss and expected value for the entertainment value and like the fun that you're having. And yeah, like, like you say, you're not, you're not, you're not putting like a million bets down. You're just putting like maybe one or two. And because there's the variance there and the, the excitement of actually winning sometimes, like that sort of rush and that sort of fun is worth the like negative expected value. Are you familiar with the famous FedEx legend? No, no. What is that? The uh, CEO of FedEx was at a time FedEx was about to go bankrupt. Mm -hmm. They were very, very close to bankruptcy. If they continued on the path they were going, they would be bankrupt the next day. So he took the entire bank account, converted it to cash, went to Vegas and placed a single roulette bet. And this single roulette bet won, paid off 35 to 1, and the company became what you see today. <laughs> oh, okay. And so I here, did not know that. So here's an example where gambling was entirely rational, not only from an entertainment perspective, but from a purely financial perspective. Mm -hmm. Because the outcome, had he continued, had he not placed the bet, would be the same as if he had lost. Right. He'd end a day sooner, go bankrupt a day sooner, possibly go to jail. But because he won the money, 
FedEx was saved and became this gigantic shipping company. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that story, but like, yeah, I mean, it, it does tie into the idea of there, there is some value in, the, in having variants because um, not just for the fun, but I mean, you know, there can be some practical purposes. Yeah. Absolutely. There, there's something, you know, in thinking about a lottery, how somebody from one class, that's class mobility. Right. Is a lottery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, lottery is the same story. Like it's, you're paying for like, you know, uh, the, the excitement almost like it, it's definitely not positive expected value. Absolutely. So what's the role of AI? I noticed you had an AI domain. Yeah. Um, so I think that's our, our whole education background was is in machine learning, artificial intelligence. Um, at a startup of our size, there's there's not enough data for there to be like true AI. But um, with what we're building, there's there's a lot of things that we're excited about to eventually be built with artificial intelligence or some type of machine learning. And the chief among those is making odds. Making odds in sports betting is still pretty manual and pretty rudimentary. Uh, a lot of that is because the, the industry is kind of just recently opening up or you know the, the market is, isn't as nearly as big as the, the stock market, obviously. But So one of the, the ways that AI can really make a big difference you know, going, going forward is making these odds and doing it in a very systematic and fast way. Because um, right now, a lot of firms, you know, they have you have professional bookmakers who are who sit there and uh, make odds. They they see the bets coming in. You can like adjust it, but you know that that's that's very inefficient. Like that's one of the reasons why you have such large margins on on sports bets. It's because it, there's not like a super sophisticated system to do this. And yeah, I mean, admittedly, it's very hard to do this systematically. Like there's so many things you have to account for, like which players are playing, like. All right, this person just got a kill, but like he did so in this fashion, you know. So things like that all have to be taken into account. But you know, as as AI gets better, that's something that, if done properly, can be extremely powerful. Because now not only are your odds very efficient and very tight, uh, so now you can you know it's better for the consumer because you lose less, so to speak, per per bet. Um, but now it opens the door for very interesting things like uh, live betting during games, like. If you can, you know, the game's happening and you want to bet on, okay, who's going to get the first kill or how much gold is this player going to accumulate by the end of the game? And, you know, the odds change dynamically as the game is happening, as wow. things happen. So, you know, that's that's like almost the mo- most fun version of betting because you're already watching the game. You have these thoughts of what's going on. And, like, not only do you have thoughts now, you can actually bet on it. So, yeah, like algorithms and artificial intelligence can can be a real difference maker here. Uh, just as they've been in like, you know, efficient stock markets. Um, so yeah, that's that's something that we're we're excited about as well. How do you underwrite your bets? How do you underwrite them? Yeah. Oh, what, what do you mean by that? So you need a cash reserve in order to be paying out bets, and you set the line somewhere uh, to to try and make it so that you know the odds match up and yeah. oh, your okay. players have negative expected value and you have positive expected value. You could be wrong. Right, so there's there's two ways to go right now. Um, because we're we're early, there's there's like several interesting paths that could happen. Um, one is as an early startup, it's unlikely that you are the the house, so to speak. So you're underwriting everything. Like that's unlikely because 
um, by taking on a lot of a lot of bets, yes, you're making money from like the the vig or the the margin that's built in, but you're making that money because because you're taking on a lot of risk, and without like you know tens of millions of dollars or or whatever in the bank, that that's very difficult. So, what we think is is a much more attractive product for us, you know, as if we want to serve as kind of like the go-to user interface for for sports esports betting, is kind of as an exchange. So, you know, people place bets, and then on the other side, there's liquidity providers from a variety of different sources who, you know, can provide the other side of the bet. And as a result, we're not taking on risk, uh, and we're making money as a as an exchange, like a marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the, I'd say in, in that case, we don't, we don't have to worry about underwriting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, eventually if, if we're at the scale that we do decide to underwrite things, uh, then yeah, that's, that's how it would work. You'd, you'd have your own cash reserve and you'd be able to take on bets and you, you'd have to make the odds in a very smart way to mitigate, you know, downside to mitigate your risk, uh, but also to make sure that you're making money. So you just finished a fundraising round. What was that process like, and what are you using that money for? Yeah, so we, we just finished Y Combinator. Um, a few weeks after that, we raised our seed round. Uh, we're using the money mainly for, like, obviously sustaining our team, potentially making one or two hires. Uh, but past that, it's it's mainly devoted to business development. So, you know, there's... There's this question of you know how what's the best way to you know get liquidity onto onto the product and you know we, we want to build relationships with you know these companies who you know don't necessarily want to make uh, their own mobile app or you know don't necessarily have the the ability to make great odds on their own um, but they do have the desire and the the capital to provide liquidity so you, you know you have to build relationships with them and um, have them be the other side of the market. And yeah, that's where a lot of our, our funds will be going. So in that way, you're really building almost new financial derivatives based on eSport outcomes. Yeah. So no, that's, I mean, sports betting is, you can think of it as a financial derivative. Um, and yeah, for we're, we're doing it for eSports because we think this is something that will be very big in the future. Um, but yeah, no, that's what we're excited about. All right. Well, awesome. thank you so much. Uh, yeah. This has been the Information Podcast, and we've been talking with Jesse Zhang uh, from Camelot. Thank you. Yeah, it's good meeting you guys. Great meeting you.